It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. This is the hour of doom. And bloom. That's right, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Podcast, a lagoon of liberty in an illiterate world. With your host, Joe Alden and MD, by the way, and Amy Alton. That's right. That's right. Your host with the most and part of the Reader's Choice, source for both education and the best health savings account eligible medical kits for austere settings at store.doomandbloom.net. Hey, if you don't know yet, we have changed our format. You're going to be hearing more frequent, shorter shows to go straight to the information you're looking for without a whole lot of housekeeping up front. But you know what? We would like to keep our medical licenses. So listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones Survival Medicine Podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice or anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. Strongly urge our audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Wow, that was fast. I wanted to just say that, you know, we're actually in a hotel room in New York City. Yes, That's right. They say it's something like that, and uh, we're visiting your daughter in Brooklyn. But anyhow, that's where we are. So if you hear a few little technical difficulties, well... Put up with us. Uh, I hope you will. Oh, I just want to say that we're doing a holiday giveaway where 20 lucky winners will get one of our 10-foot-long Sealox hemostatic dressings. They ain't cheap, but they are a must for any medical kit. And you get an additional, in addition, a compression dressing from H&H. If you're feeling lucky, here's how you enter. You go to, um, hold on, I got it right here, HTTPS. Uh, colon forward slash forward slash www.doomandbloom.net forward slash holiday underscore giveaway underscore 2019 that's right so that's a good way to do that you can just go right to the website and i wish you good luck we're only going to be doing it for a few days so that's right you know, from time to time, old Dr. Bones or the lovely Nurse Amy are asked to come on other podcasts, also radio shows. We've even been on TV to talk about disaster medical preparedness. Just a few days ago, our good friend Jeff Anderson from ModernCombatAndSurvival.com, great website, asked us to come on his show, which we've put on our website if you want to hear the whole podcast. But in addition, he does a little sort of lightning round as well that's a different thing altogether. He calls it the five and five, where he asks five questions of the guest. And you actually had to answer all five in five minutes, which was a miracle. That's right, because it takes <laughs> me a minute just to get a sentence out in most cases. So it was a real challenge, but I accepted it. I did. I did accept it. And here it is. Hey there, welcome back, everybody. This is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat Zero Magazine, and welcome to this week's five and five podcast episode now if you're new to the five and five well we're new to the five and five episode so basically this is our opportunity we get so many questions in from our listeners and from our readers that um it's just too much to keep up with so this is our way of taking the questions that have been submitted to us and be able to reach out to experts or do it ourselves basically give get five questions answered out there for those of you that have submitted questions 
Now, if you want to submit questions, you can go ahead and do that either on our Facebook page or on our blog or submit them um, any which way. I'm sure we'll get it from any of the avenues that we have out there, any of the multi or any of the media channels that you're following us on. Um, so what this is, is basically five questions in five minutes. So following up from this week's podcast with Dr. Bones on the uh, on the uh, topic that we covered this week, which was basically how do you live in a collapse when you have chronic conditions that you can't get medications for? So if you didn't check out that podcast episode, make sure that you go back to the blog or on any of the podcast channels that you follow us on and make sure you listen to that. But I wanted to bring Dr. Bones back on here and ask him five of these survival medicine questions that we get in, because frankly, I am not an expert in survival medicine. So what better opportunity than to get those answered for everybody out there, right? So I have, I'm going to have five questions here. But if you didn't listen to this week's uh, this past podcast, let me go ahead and give you a quick rundown here. Dr. Bones is well known in the prepper world as a medical expert, and he has practiced as a board-certified obstetrician and pelvic surgeon for more than 25 years before retiring to devote his efforts to preparing your family medically for any scenario. He's been a fellow of the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and the American College of Surgeons for many years. He served as department chairman at local hospitals and as an adjunct professor at local university nursing schools. He's a regular contributor to such popular survival magazines out there, such as American Survival Guide, Survivor's Edge, and Backwoods Home. And he's been a speaker at various survival and preparedness conferences on the subject of medical readiness in austere times. And if you've ever been to any of those prepper conferences at all, the one class that always gets just jacked up with people, just gets loaded up, is going to be Dr. Bone's class, especially on the, uh, the, the emergency suturing which is just a killer class. So definitely go check them out over his website at www.doomandbloom.net. He has a bunch of training over there, a bunch of articles, and his his actually new his books, including Survival Medicine Handbook, and what is the new one called again? I, now that you're a little you're a little screen on my uh, on my thing right now. So. Oh, I'm. Oh, hey, hi everybody. <laughs> It's the uh, Alton's Antibiotics and Infectious Disease. So go check those out over at his website at doomandbloom.net. Okay, so Dr. Bones. Um, so we have five questions here that have been submitted by people. Actually, I'm going to take credit for one of these myself because I know it's a question that a lot of people have. And um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to name somebody's. Uh, we've had so many people put it, ask about this question that I'm just going to attribute it to me. So okay. um, I've got the timer in the back here. So you've got one minute, basically. Oh, we just, you and I have one minute to answer each one of these questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a a All right. <laughs> All right. Ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. Uh, first question comes from, I'm going to attribute it to me. So should I get a flu shot? Does it really help or is it more trouble and potential problems than it's worth? Well, you know, the CDC recommends that just about everybody get a flu shot. And I can't say that it's a bad idea, especially if you're elderly or immune compromised due to some chronic illness. However, each year's vaccine may be less or more effective against the flu than the previous one. And this is because the virus mutates, the influenza virus mutates regularly and is somewhat different usually from the previous version from the previous year. Last year's vaccine, by the way, was about 29% effective in preventing the flu. Now, that's up from 19% a few years ago, but less than the 60 to 70% that the government shoots for. So, real quick, yes or no, get it? I would say that the CDC says yes, realize that it's not 100% effective. Awesome, let's go. 
All right. So this next question comes from actually one of my employees, Buck, and he says, I've heard about using fish antibiotics as a homebrew antibiotic solution, but I don't know anybody who actually has. Is it really a viable solution? Now you actually do know someone because I've taken it several different types over the course of the last 15 years. Now, I was the first physician to write about and advocate for preparedness folk to stockpile this important medicine. And that was over a decade ago as well. But not any vet med will do. My criteria are strict. It has to have only one ingredient, the antibiotic itself. It has to only be produced in human dosages. And that's the giveaway that it's a human antibiotic and an appearance identical to the antibiotic made by at least one human pharmaceutical company. I found more than a dozen bird or fish antibiotics that made the grade, and I talk about them in detail, and teach you how to recognize the infectious diseases they cure in our best-selling book, Alton's Antibiotics and Infectious Disease, The Layman's Guide to Available Antibacterials in Austere Settings. Awesome. Um, what are some? Uh, this one comes from Steve Holmes from Montana. He says, what are some of the best ways to prevent infection before it occurs, especially in a bug out situation where I don't have access to medical supplies? Simple. Wash your hands early and often. Just soap and water will do to brush off some of the nastiest bugs. Hand sanitizer works as well. Wear hand protection, face masks, and other personal gear. If you are working in unsanitary conditions, that'll be a lot in certainly epidemics and make certain to boil your water or use some other method of disinfection before drinking and using it to prepare food. Locate your latrines at least 200 feet away from your water source. Have a survival sick room planned out in advance so that you'll have a place to isolate the sick from the healthy. That is super, super important. It should have good ventilation and lighting, but no carpet or fabric upholstered furniture. Ooh, good one. Good one. All right. This next one comes from Jenna Orlick from Kansas, and she says, um, I worry about getting sick and being unable to function in an emergency. It's hard enough to deal with a disaster or an evacuation when you feel okay. How do you cope with doing these things when you feel like death? Like the song says, I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. You may feel like death, but you're not dead yet. And you know what? you got to tough it out and you got to work even when you're not feeling your best. You're going to be dealing daily with sick group members if you're the medic. And everybody's going to be anxious, depressed, or both after the you-know-what hits the fan. Our ancestors didn't have the luxury of sick days. And you got to realize that you might not either in a long-term survival setting. Bottom line, you're alive. Act like it. Awesome. Uh, this last one comes from Peter Sneed from Missouri. And he says, what is one piece of medical equipment that a lot of people overlook? Well, people say a tourniquet, that's a good idea, but I say antibiotics are overlooked by most preppers. I talk about them in our new book. You also have to have a way, actually several ways to disinfect water to avoid having to expend your supply of antibiotics. And more people will die, in my opinion, from contaminated water and poorly prepared food than from hostile acts in a long-term survival setting. How do I know that? From the Civil War. More soldiers died from dehydration due to dysentery and diarrheal disease than from bullets or shrapnel. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. And right. uh, another thing that we talked about, too, was the hand sanitizer. I think a lot of, like, there have been reports out there, like, it's no, not more effective, not any more effective than soap, but it really That's sucks true. to have a bar of soap inside of your bug out bag. Hand sanitizer seems like it'd be another good thing for people to pack away and make sure that they have it, right? I'm with you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. You were pro, man. You got it well underneath the, uh, the time here. I love it. Um, four seconds to spare before I'm still rambling on here. But everybody, listen, go and check out their uh, website over at www.doomandbloom.net. Go check out uh, Dr. Uh, Bones' new book on infectious diseases. 
things like the antibiotics, which is really, it's out there for survivalists, but they don't really know exactly how to use it and what to do with it. So go check it. Now you will. Now you will. Awesome. And until our next 5 and 5 broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. That was our friend Jeff Anderson of ModernCombatAndSurvival.com. I hope you'll check it out. We also are on the expert council of Jack Spirko's Survival Podcast. We're a granddaddy of all podcasts that relate to survival. Check it out at TheSurvivalPodcast.com. And I'm going to give you one of the questions that one of his listeners asked us some time ago as sort of equal time. Hi, Joe Alton, MD here, also known as Dr. Bones of the survival medicine website, doomandbloom.net, where you'll find over a thousand posts, videos, and podcasts on medical preparedness, as well as an entire line of medical kits and supplies at store.doomandbloom.net. This week's letter for the expert counsel is from Ford, who writes, What medications or supplies should I stock in addition to regular medical preps for cellulitis? I've developed the history of cellulitis in my shins. Antibiotics have been used to treat it successfully, but I'm concerned about the chances of resistant bacteria. Can you recommend which antibiotics and supplies I should stockpile for you-know-what situations? Also, anything I can do to help prevent this recurring. It has come from both cuts and most recently chigger bites. I have used bug repellent with limited success and have become very diligent about keeping the area clean. Thank you, Ford. Ford, I've written a lot about cellulitis in the last decade and even have a section on it in our latest book, Alton's Antibiotics and Infectious Disease, The Layman's Guide to Available Antibacterials in Austere Settings. Cellulitis is an inflammation of soft tissue. It can occur in any circumstance where your body's natural armor, your skin, is breached and bacteria invade deeper layers. It's very common. Very few people that spend time outdoors will avoid getting it from time to time. This would be especially true in survival settings where you have to perform exertions that you're just not accustomed to doing just to stay alive. Despite everything you do to care for a wound, there's a chance that an infection will occur. You can identify cellulitis by a few signs other than just pain. Redness, often spreading as the infection worsens, usually going up your arm or up your leg, depending what part of the body is actually injured. Swelling, which leads to a very shiny aspect to the skin in the area that's swollen. Warmth, which is obviously different than, say, on the opposite unaffected side. It's definitely going to be warmer on the red side than it is on the side that does not have the injury. And in the worst cases, accumulations of pus called abscesses can occur. This leads to a foul odor and the drainage of a whitish, yellowish discharge. If this condition is untreated, the infection can, in certain cases, spread to your circulation and become life-threatening. Cellulitis can be caused by many bacteria, but is most commonly caused by streptococcus and staphylococcus, which enter through a break in your skin. A more resistant version of staph called MRSA, M-R-S-A, can make this infection even more difficult to deal with. Cellulitis is often treated, as it was in your case, Ford, with antibiotics. The most common antibiotics used to treat the infection that are available to the general public without a prescription are amoxicillin, cephalexin, trimethoprin, sulfamethoxazole, clindamycin, and doxycycline in their aquatic or avian versions. That is, fish mox forte, fish flex forte, fish sulfa forte, 
fish sin, C-I-N, and bird biotic, respectively. All this is in her book, Alton's Antibiotics and Infectious Disease. Now, don't forget that amoxicillin and cephalexin may cause reaction to those people who are allergic to penicillin and may not be effective against MRSA in some cases. To help prevent cellulitis and other infections, take these precautions when you have a skin wound. Wash your wound daily with soap and water. Do this gently as part of your normal bathing. Apply a protective cream or ointment. For most surface wounds and over-the-counter ointment, such as bacitracin, triple antibiotic cream, even Vaseline helps to provide some protection. You also want to make sure you cover open wounds with a bandage and change that bandage at least daily. You want to follow the course of the infection by marking the boundaries of the redness with a marker. If it's spreading, make sure you're taking one of the antibiotics that I mentioned. In your specific case, Ford, you want to start wearing boots and high tops as well as long pants when you're outside and tuck your trousers into your boots. Although I can't vouch for their success with chiggers, certain insects really don't like DEET repellents for skin and permethrin 0.5%, not for skin, but to treat clothing. The bottom line is to protect your skin. Your skin is your armor and you want to avoid a break in it, whether it's from an insect bite or whether it's from some other injury. This is Joe Halton, MD, that old Dr. Bones, wishing you the best of health and good times or bad. Thanks for watching. Hey, don't forget to check out Nurse Amy's entire line of medical kits and individual supplies at store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. And do us a big favor and subscribe to doomandbloom.net so that you'll never miss any of our podcasts, videos, and articles as they come out. Thanks again. There you have it. More questions and answers than you can shake a stick at. And we'll see you next time. Thanks from Amy and Joe Alton for the Survival Medicine Hour. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. To contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.